Hello and welcome to another episode of Biomass. We're on episode 151 today, so we're getting getting pretty close to that three-year mark, so pretty exciting stuff. But uh, yeah, so we have some pretty big news to discuss. I'm sure if you're listening in, you are here for the Project Nova update that came out uh, during FanFest. We're going to uh, make you suffer week. through everything else first. Though. We're going to make you suffer through it, but luckily there's not a ton of stuff. We, we pretty much stacked our our schedule with Nova things. So we're going to cover a few things. Uh, please stick with us. And then at the end, we'll do the main piece, which is Project Nova. But let's get started with some introductions first. Top of the list, Soraya Zell. Uh, I'm Soraya Zell. Um, because it's relevant this week, I guess I will mention that uh, I am a former member of uh, the CPM. I was on CPM 1. Um, and uh, I, I used to run an alliance called Top Men in uh, Test 514. All right. And Bate? Uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Bate, and I'm doing homework. And in the theme of tonight's show, I am a former desk player and a member of the Incorruptibles Corporation. All right, and I'm of course Pokey Draven. I play Dust for since shit uh, Mordu's private trial, so the early early closed beta. Uh, ran for CPM twice. Was not elected either time, even though people seem to think I was. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's there's, the story there's, there. there's really no good reason that Pokey was not on CPM. Um, I, I don't, I, I still don't get it. He, he was as CPM as the I, rest I, of us and more so than some of us. I, I just didn't try hard enough, I guess is the problem, but, uh, um, it is episode 151. So our, our tidbit for today is 151 is the number of Pokemon that I know because I stopped playing after Pokemon Yellow, and I don't know the 500,000 whatever they've That's, got now. There's only 151 that matter. There you go. There you go. I did have a Mew, though. I had actually all 151, so that was that was pretty cool. But uh, that's our tidbit for this week. But let's move into our topics here. So uh, Vive has a new subscription service coming out. Do you want to tell us a bit about that, Zell? I, I call it Vive. Vive, Vive. Because Tegmaris calls it a Vive and everyone else calls it a Vive, and I, I don't know who to believe. It's it's one of those things that I, I don't know. I mean, we should we should ask, um, like... Uh, uh, the tech heiress people like what because they've been to places and actually talked to like the valve people what do the valve people call it i don't know um anyways uh yeah so they have uh viveport uh which is their their kind of store that uh is cut it's it's funny because you know the htc vive is the first like steam vr device and and you pretty much have to run steam to run the vive and so a lot of people just associate well yeah the vive gets its games from steam um, but they do actually have their own store um, that does have some exclusive titles that are only available there. And uh, the the big thing is is that they're doing this this new subscription service. And uh, the subscription service is like seven dollars a month, and you get five games. Obviously, it's a select game group of games that are eligible. Uh, and I guess they're going to have new new games in the in the monthly service every month, and then you can either like. I, the way it seemed to indicate, you could maybe keep the ones you already had, or trade them out for new ones, or something like that. For seven bucks? Yeah, I, I, I think this is just the way things are going in general. I think that in, in subscription-based, everything is kind of the future of what's I don't, happening. I don't like subscription-based things. I, 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 stop, I stopped. I don't use subscription-based music anymore. I buy my MP3s outright. Um, God, I'm so sorry for you. I, I I buy Blu-ray discs and stuff. I do have Netflix, but I don't use it very much. Um, but yeah, and then I guess the other thing is that they are doing a temporary $100 discount of the HTC Vive as well. 
it's their one year birthday is the the event. So that's that's pretty cool. Good time to hop on it if you want. And, and I, I don't know if you mentioned this before, but if, if you buy a Vive, you do get a one month uh, free trial for the subscription. So you will kind of get five free games because you know throwing in a seven dollar subscription. Is, is great on top of your $800 <laughs> right. yeah. system. And I, I believe the free trial is for, for everyone who has a Vive, so like okay. I, I'm eligible as well. It's not like it's a new only. It's If you have a Vive, you can try the service for free for a month. And obviously, if you don't have the service, if you don't have a Vive, trying the service free for a month doesn't get you anywhere. So I, I would just go and say it's a free trial. Um, You know, it's a month free trial, period. Yeah, and I mean it's it's good. I think especially for a lot of VR titles, they they tend to be kind of smaller, you know, app like almost. And you may not want to be buying them outright, but you know, if if you want to pay the seven bucks a month, and you're going to pick up the really really high quality ones, but then it kind of gives you some space to grab some of the the cheaper ones you may not have wanted to drop five bucks on, but you still kind of wanted to try for an hour. You know, I think that that actually could work out pretty well if that's the kind of gameplay you want to have with this. And currently there are about uh, 50 titles that are av- uh, available for this um, service. So you, you have you have a decent selection. Um, it's not... Uh, um, Scheme VR has... I be- it, it says 1,600 titles for, for the HTC Vive, but... Uh, you know, obviously, this is much more limited to uh, you know people, the companies they have a partnership with for this. Right. Okay. So it's going to be kind of weird. Uh, like, what are they constituting as a game? Because you know, are they going to include like yeah, experiences? A lot of them are are experiences. Eh, you know, right, stuff yeah. like Everest VR st- is one of the ones they mention on here. Um, so eh, yeah. Okay. That's that's VR for you. I mean, I doubt a lot of the full games will be in this. I didn't check to see if Valkyrie was in it. I probably should have, but I feel like this article would have mentioned Valkyrie if it was in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, don't know how I feel about that. It depends on what they've got, right? Like, if it's stuff that's legitimately worth it, that, you know, five games yeah. or you'd want to call them games are worth the seven bucks. But if it's like... Eh, they're like two dollars each, and you're saving yourself three bucks at the end of the month. It's like it I mean, depends, you know? VR games are, to be clear, really expensive. Um, oh, I mean, be, uh, they, yeah, they they, they don't have a wide they don't have a wide sale. It's not like a phone where you sell them for ninety nine cents because you know you're going to sell millions of copy in millions of copies. Um, it's you know, I, I, raw data, which is one of the probably most extensive ones that I purchased. I didn't like it, but that was just me. Um, but uh, it was thirty bucks, you know, and and it's a gallery shooter, and and that's that's kind of the price range. I, I see a lot of games in the thirty dollar range for VR. Um, some of those experiences maybe in the you know ten dollar range, but I, I seven dollar for a, for a subscription for VR games sounds pretty reasonable. I don't think it's bad on pricing. It's just I I would rather buy things. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. It kind of comes down to your personal preference and, and what you like to do to, to have and it kind of depends on the stipulations of do you keep them do you trade them in that sort of thing because that could be a big big part of it as well if it's you know you you have to you can only have five at a time and you have to trade them out well you know that that gets kind of janky so it, it's tough to say but i think as this library expands and, and more options become available i think it'll probably be a little more appealing um you know five games in a selection of 50 you're going to run out pretty quick you know you're, it's only 10 months worth of content so they've got to be adding these fairly fairly frequently to keep up to date so people aren't running out of stuff to get so you know we'll, we'll see how it expands but obviously this is brand new so i, I kind of expected a small library we'll, we'll kind of track this as it you know moves forward and, and expands outward 
Now, I know that one VR game that Sal is most definitely going to get and, and probably have a similar reaction to the video that's that's included with it is, of course, the Star Trek bridge crew. And, and there is a new video out, which I can really only describe as, like, eight nerds sitting in, like, a room surrounded by, you know, card tables with VR headsets on having a collective orgasm all at the same time as they're screaming in joy at how cool it is. Um, it, it's a feat to see. We'll, we'll get the link up in the description. But, uh, you know, it was it was actually a pretty informative video kind of talking about the features and people's experience with the game and stuff. I mean, I know you'll you'll probably be jumping on this one. So what were your thoughts on, on what they were showing? Yeah, um, this, this is really, this was the game that when they announced it, I'm like, now I know I need to get a VR headset. That was kind of the, the one that pushed me over the, the bar of I'm going to buy one. Um, because they really do have... Uh, there's a game, actually, that's been around for a long time. It's it's unofficial. Uh, it's called Artemis. And Artemis, you can get on, like, you know, four or six computers and, and together, and then you can turn each one into a different bridge station and play missions like this. And so this is very similar to that, but obviously you're actually fully immersed in being on the bridge of the ship. Um, and it, it's kind of interesting. It looks like they really did try and, like... With the original series Enterprise, you can see that all the consoles have buttons with no labels, which is exactly what it looked like on the ship. And then they have, like, they, they do have kind of some, like, hovering identifiers to show you what buttons you're supposed to push. Um, but, uh, yeah, they really tried to map out everything. And there was there was one clip that I saw someone was saying that really it felt like two different games when you're playing on, like, the the original Enterprise with its you know, very classic button style, and then the the more modern, you know, thing that you'd expect, like on a modern spaceship where you have touchscreens and, and everything. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it. It looks really interesting. I don't know. I'm going to need some friends with VR headsets to play it with. Um, but yeah. So is there a minimum number of people that you can play with, or do you have to use eight people? It's, it's meant for four players. So oh, I, okay. I, I do think you probably need four players. I don't know if they really have, like, I don't know if they have, like, bridge crew NPCs you can use or something. Um, but, I mean, I think these are the sorts of games where you kind of lose something if you do anyways. Um, I, I believe the multiplayer does work online, though. So you should be able to, you know, I'm sure I can find some other Trek nerds across the entire scope of the planet. And do we know when this game's coming out, or is it still just kind of, this uh, is we're the, showing it off? The current date for this is May 30th. It's been pushed back a couple of times before, though. You know, the last date was actually back in March. So, um, you know, it is coming. But one of the things that I guess was part of the delay was their decision to go back and add the original Enterprise uh, to the game. Yeah, I'm kind of looking through the video here, and they, they do have both. That, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's again, it, it's actually a pretty fun watch because of people's reactions to to what they're doing and kind of freaking out and, and, and that sort of thing. So I do suggest that I'm going to take a look at this. It does look neat. Uh, if I do you know, get a VR headset, I'll probably pick this up and, and play with Zell because it, it looks like it's, it'd be pretty fun to kind of get some, some recorded gameplay of, of people not having a clue what they're doing and, and crashing the ship in some horrible, horrible way. But uh, it, it looks neat. Um, do we know if this has crossplay with the four platforms? I, I believe it does. Oh, three, three. I, okay, I, yeah. I believe it does work for all the the main premium VR headset platforms uh, crossplay. And I, I again, we we talked about this. It's kind of one of those things. I think you kind of have to because there's so few people who are going to have a VR headset to begin with. Um, you know, you you really aren't going to have enough people to play with unless you do. Yeah, and I mean, there's very little reason not to. I mean, even with just normal consoles, you're still seeing 
crossplay being starting a kind of a, a normal feature now. So it, it's it's good to see them kind of moving towards that. And like you said, for VR, it's almost required just because your player base is obviously much smaller, so you can't you know sink the kind of budget into these and then segregate it into three different groups. It, it's it's not going to work. So we'll have to see how this plays out and uh, hopefully get some some video of Zell recording himself in his apartment with the VR headset on him. But we're going to get him to do it someday. Your, your donations, your your donations will will buy his shame. We, we no, dona- no, donations are going to buy some waifu pillows for for sending oh, in. Oh, jeez, yeah. Sending over we, we really got to do that. <laughs> we'll talk about that off. I actually, I, I don't find a lot of time to do uh, VR because of the hassle in setting it up. I'm kind of hoping for the, you know, I think it's, I think it's the summer is kind of the the better. Uh, the the kind of premium head strap with the the headphones built in that should make things a lot easier to work with and uh i actually i i just had this project this weekend to get a lot of the cables that run around my my computer area up on the wall um so there's less trip hazard uh when i when i put on the vr headset so hopefully i'll get uh, i'm hoping to find some time the next couple weeks to finally review like i was looking at like the fact that john wick vr has been out for like two months and and because it, it came out right around the game the the new movie and i didn't have a review for us and I, i'm 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 gonna get there i i actually if you do have a a means of just recording it and i'm not saying you yourself of in, in real life with the headset i'm just the gameplay itself i'd actually like to see i, sh- I should be able to do that because because that game so. looks that game looks badass like that that's kind of the power fantasy shit that i'd like to see in vr is just you know running through the halls going john wick on everyone like that's that that looks really neat so i'd love to actually see kind of your gameplay and commentary as you play would be kind of neat, so we'll, we'll see if we can get that set up. All right, so moving along to another VR game, which is, uh, of course, very linked to EVE, is Valkyrie. And they did talk about this uh, quite a bit, uh, particularly in the keynote they showed off the trailer uh, for EVE Valkyrie in their new update coming April 11th, which is in two days, which means it'll probably be the day this episode comes out. But it is called Ground Rush. And I'll, I will admit that I was uh, a little hashtag triggered when I saw this, because when when they say ground rush, what they mean is that it is a new map available for Valkyrie where you are flying your Valkyrie pilots, your ships, over a Mimitar research facility on a planet. So you're basically fighting over this facility. You can kind of dodge and weave through some of the you know, bridges and holes that are, are built into it and stuff. And it, it looks awesome. And I'm a little upset that basically Valkyrie got fighter jets on a ground base before dusted, but you know, we know the rest of that story. So did you guys see this? What were your thoughts on that? It looks really cool. cool. Yeah. All they need to to add is like the ability to like shoot ground targets. And suddenly you've got like the dropship pilots can be happy. Um, Cause yeah, it's, it, all you need is all they need to do is add like a bunch of little NPC minions that can do nothing to effectively combat you and fire back that you can just take out with your fighters and then you know judge will be thrilled yeah you can have a, a 51 kdr against npc <laughs> target you just you just shoot the little running flailing guys on the ground as you're flying by it would be perfect oh my gosh. you'd have a ton of happy dust players it would i mean they wouldn't be like good dust players but they'd be happy dust players um but yeah no it looks cool there's a lot of I think one of the challenges is they really try to have a lot of space in a Valkyrie map for you to kind of fly in and about and around things. Um, and that can get a little contrived in space. There's there's definitely some really weird shaped asteroids. You're like, 
I, this doesn't seem like a normal asteroid, but it seems right. like one that was definitely shaped to be interesting to fly in, in and around. It's amazing how these openings are pretty perfectly spaced to fit my spaceship. Um, but uh, so I, I think there's a lot of possibility there. Um, it does. I, I don't. It didn't look like it changes the the actual uh, gameplay all that much. It would be interesting to see if they did put more gravity effect into it, but I kind of doubt there is. I, I assume that it'll probably yeah, just play the way like, it does. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it, it it is definitely interesting. It's a. I think it's a big big change, a big thing for them to go ahead and say, yeah, here now we're on planets. Um, you know, and hey, maybe someday they'll throw in some old dust maps and on the ground just for us to just stare longingly at as we fly by. <laughs> in 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 loving low res PS3 uh, uh, graphics and no no models. no no <laughs> you know, those those are actually really high end graphics that were yeah, designed yeah. for Dust Five One Four, and they really had to strip them down to get them on the PS3. But the I mean the actual artwork is is fantastic. Well, and that's actually why the whole Project Nova thing, we'll get to that in a second, but that, that works so well because they were able to basically take those high-res assets that weren't scaled down and then just kind of tweak them to fit into, you know, obviously a much more high-end PC engine. So that's why they're getting to reuse a lot of those assets because they're, you know, they're kind of already good to go. Uh, and there's a lot of really good dev blogs kind of talking about that when DOS was coming out and how they optimized everything. And it was it was an interesting read. But but yeah, no, this this Valkyrie map looks badass. Like it was kind of panning over and it's this snowy, you know, mountain hilltop with this, you know, rusty Mimitar uh, installation on the ground. I'm like, that would be a really cool infantry map. Like I, I, I have no I have no dreams of them ever linking Valkyrie and Dust in this one to one battle. But like that facility itself is really, really cool looking. Like I'd, I'd actually like to get on the ground and kind of look around in there. So, you know, it'd be neat if they could kind of introduce, you know, more of that style, a little more interesting, not so much just everything is brown like it was in Dust, but a little more interesting locations uh, for for infantry battles in the future. So uh, looking forward to that. That's that's some cool stuff. I'm always interested to see what Valkyrie comes out with. They've got some, some good people working on it and some interesting game modes and maps constantly coming out. It's nice to see CCP pushing a game that has fairly regular content um, updates. I feel like we're talking about it, you know, every handful of weeks of some new update that's coming. So it's it's good to see that. And I, I think a lot of the Valkyrie players out there uh, much appreciate the constant flow of content and stuff. So good stuff. Uh, so one more thing on spaceships and flying. And, and Zell will have to kind of go into explain the details of, of what this means because I'm a, a little lost uh, with what they're talking about. But Star Citizen update, not just bug fixes. Uh, it looks like they're going to have orbital dynamics. What does that mean exactly? All right. So this is this is like the link that I have is actually from a blog post. This is that was actually from uh, an Eve blog, blog posting feed that I follow. Um, but apparently in one of the recent videos, they, they're talking about that they're supposed to actually have uh, proper orbital mechanics in Star Citizen. So, um, like, everything in, in EVE Online is stationary um, in terms of, um, you know, your moons, your planets, your stars. They will always be the exact same place on the map. And that's why you can place, um, you know, any given point in space bookmark in a system and you warp to it, you'll still have the same things near it that you were before. Um you know, there's no day-night cycle, there's no seasons, there's no, sometimes this planet is closer to than this. Um, it's just, you know, everything has a static position, and you can place things around it, and you can fly around it, and stuff like that. Um, 
And uh, Star Citizen is actually going to have orbital mechanics for their systems. So, you know, certain planets may be closer to others at different times than uh, than other times. Um, so they're, they're going, you know, this is kind of one of those things that Star Citizen's pushing crazy realism that'll probably make things ten times more complicated than they need to be. Um, you know, obviously one of the things that you do a lot in in EVE is creating bookmarks and those bookmarks are not necessarily going to stay useful if they're absolute positions in space. So I don't know if they're going to need to have a system where you can bookmark like, you know, a local point above this, you know, above according to this planet's, you know, system or what. Because um, I, I think that that's one of the mechanics that's missing in that game right now is is the ability to bookmark a point and return to it really easily. Um and uh, it could get really interesting if they're intending to have everything floating around uh, throughout, you know, throughout the game. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And like you said, it is more detail that they're adding to the game that will most likely break something and make it unplayable. But that's that's kind of their charm, right? That everything is so realistic and done right that nothing works. That's just like dust, right? Well, well no, except that it's the opposite of dust, where nothing was done right. And it <laughs> and also didn't work. Worked. It still didn't work, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Enough. Fair enough. So, good segue there. Uh, so, let's talk about the, the big one, uh, Project Nova. So, FanFest was uh, this last week. Uh, it was, I think, the 6th through the 8th. I think yesterday was the last day. Uh, and as we kind of talked about uh, several weeks ago, I was saying, hey, don't expect much out of FanFest. It's going to probably be a short mention during the keynote, and that's more or less it. Maybe some some rumbling afterwards, but that's, that's about what you're going to get, which is about what we got. Uh, if you break down how much they talked about uh, Nova during the opening keynote, it was probably about a minute and 20 seconds, real short. Um, but, you know, it, it was, let's say, interesting. So there's there's some, some key things we're going to go over and, and follow up with the other tidbits that have been trickling in over the last few days. So they're doing the opening keynote, kind of going through the you know, Gunjack, Valkyrie, whatever. And then the words Project Nova appear on screen. And if you didn't watch the stream, the crowd went ballistic. like there was serious cheering going on, which is kind of interesting to me because I don't feel like the ratio of EVE pilots to old Dust players is that big compared to, you know, what theoretically was at, was at FanFest. So, you know, I, I think for the most part, people are pretty damn excited for this. It was noticeably more excitement for Nova than it was for the other things that were popping up. The EVE stuff aside, that doesn't count, but like Valkyrie, Gunjack, it was like, yeah, that's cool. But Nova was, was, very well received. People were very excited to hear about it. So Hilmar's up on stage and he basically says, hey guys, you know, I know that you've been asking about this. There's people on Twitter who have basically been harassing me for the last year uh, asking for an update. So, you know, here we go. So I know that last week we talked about some job listings that were coming down through CCP for uh, a backend engineer and um, I forget what the other position was, but basically they were jobs specifically for Project Nova that were in Iceland. And so we kind of guessed that, hey, it seems likely that they're moving production of Nova from the Shanghai office to the Iceland office in Reykjavik. And Hilmar has confirmed this. The the Nova team is moving uh, from Iceland, to, or sorry, from, from uh, Shanghai to uh, Reykjavik. So... Yay! I guess we got that right. Uh, it was it was kind of obvious, I think, but we got it right. So that's uh, that's good to hear. I think that's that's actually a pretty positive thing. Um, and basically, he said, you know, we took we got a lot of feedback from our demo last year, 
And the biggest thing was that the game didn't have enough Eve in it. And so he said the main reason why they were moving the project from Shanghai to Iceland is because that's where Eve is, is in the Reykjavik office. And it would make it easier for them to kind of implement uh, Eve stuff and, and kind of have the lore and having those resources available where you can just stand up from your desk and go ask a question of one of the Eve guys rather than trying to, you know, coordinate through an instant messenger or email in a very, very different time zone, maybe waiting you know, 12 hours to get an answer. So uh, that's that's definitely a positive. Another thing is, is that there's a lot of resources in the Iceland office, just backend stuff, server stuff. It, it's easier to kind of develop, I think, if you are going to be, you know, basing it around kind of the same sort of infrastructure to have it right there. And so they're, like I said, they're, they're taking advantage of the fact that that's where Eve is and that they've got a lot more resources there. So I think overall, uh, pretty positive thing. Uh, he did say that they have no details to share. Um, that's kind of what I expected and that we wouldn't hear any for a while because they're still trying to get situated. This is obviously a transitionary period. Uh, those job listings came up last week. So this is probably happening right now where they're moving everyone over uh, and that we shouldn't expect any details for some time because they still have a lot of work to do. Um, no mention of an alpha or anything like that. Uh, the only thing we have is that, you know, last year Rattati said he'd like to have an alpha out to players um, in some capacity before Star Wars Episode Eight. So you have until December 15th, Rattati, to get them to me on that promise. Um, but, of course, that was not confirmed or official or anything and certainly not reiterated uh, at FanFest this year. So don't take that as an absolute truth. That's It is what it is. That was a mention that was a year old. So who knows where they're at right now. Uh, and to kind of finish it up, uh, Hilmar said, like, hey, you know, this is something that's very important to us. We're still working on it. We want to make it happen. He goes, I'm personally committed to making it happen. And, you know, it's just going to take some time. He kind of joked that um, in, in connection to the Valkyrie Ground Rush uh, update, you know, like 10 years ago, they said, oh, yeah, we're going to have ships and Eve flying over planets, like, you know, in the atmosphere flying over planets. He goes, yeah, well, now we finally have it, you know. X number of years later with Valkyrie. So it goes, you know, it'll, it'll happen eventually. We'll get Nova done eventually, but you know, it's going to take some time. So, you know, please be patient. So I know you guys saw the video, the keynote, or at least read it. Um, what are your, your thoughts and responses to this? Well, one of the things that I was thinking about particularly is um, they actually had the split studio thing going before. If you remember um, with dust 514, they had most of the development was obviously in Shanghai, but there was, um, and I forget their name now, um, but there was the one team that did all the Eve Link backend, you know, all the planetary conquest stuff, all the faction warfare tie-ins, um, and it was, you know, led by CCP Nullerbor, and it had um, Fox 4 was on it, and so they really already had all that backend stuff done by uh, Iceland. And so, you know, I, I don't know, like, if, if putting more Eve in it is just like, you know, hey, we're, th you know, it's going to look more like the Eve universe. That doesn't feel like something you need to move a studio for. I kind of am hoping that this is, you know, I, there's been absolutely nothing indicated in this regard. I want to, uh, but my, my hope is that this means there may be some life to the idea of the Eve link uh, in, in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, <laughs> that's a whole different discussion, but uh, we, we've but it's, touched but on that I, one before. It isn't. It's it's you know you need those. That was a big part of the problem was that lack of a of a you know coordinated operation. And they, I I think one of the indications from what I was reading, um, 
I don't remember who I read it from, and but um, was kind of this indication that Shanghai had already done this great job on the you know the actual game itself, your shooting mechanics, your your maps, your your gameplay, and that really uh, the back end stuff was a big part of why they were now sending it over there. So I kind of feel like they've got your match experience done maybe, and then now they're like, okay, now we need to do all the all the meta around it, and let's send it to mm-hmm. to Iceland for that. And yeah. so I'm very interested to see uh, how that goes and if there is any any life left in, in the uh, the hope of a, a unified uh, experience someday. Um, but then the other notes is, is that it's it's I think you didn't really uh, go into as much is that it really is only like some of the Nova team moving. Um, Rattati is moving. Rattati is Icelandic and he is moving back to Iceland and that is not really a surprise. Um but uh, CCP Frame is staying in uh, in Shanghai. Um, he has a he's he's actually gotten like a promotion over there. He's he's kind of important now, um, and uh, he do, he doesn't want to move. So he's uh, we we are losing CCP Frame. Um, but uh, like I'm curious, like where's Logic Loop in this? I haven't looked. Um, you know, well, I mean, are, are they keeping are they keeping map designers where they are? Are they going to let them work wherever they want? Is some of them moving? Um, they really haven't said. Are they, you know, are they gutting the whole team except for Rattati and making a new one up in Iceland, or are they moving some people? Or really, where does that shake out? Because I know we already talked about the fact that CCP Patriot had left. Well, that was that was a while ago, and I think the impression I got was that of the people that will be still involved with what needs to be done, um, I, I from, from details we've gotten, and we'll, we'll kind of get into the rest of the notes here in a, in a bit here, but it's certainly not done by any means. Like the maps are not done. I think that there's probably a lot of work to be done on that. It's it's the actual moment-to-moment gameplay is more or less finished, but I don't see them dropping Logic Loop. I think he's probably got quite a bit of work to do and obviously will uh, be needed for, for future expansions and, and stuff like that. So I, I imagine that a lot of the people that are critical to you know making that happen, that the stuff that needs to be finished, will probably go with. Um, I, I get the feeling that the team was, was fairly small at uh, the Shanghai office and that they, they kind of nailed that, that moment-to-moment gameplay and now they're like, okay, it works, it feels good, let's send it back to Iceland and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get the rest of it done and, and you know, kind of flesh it out and build the team from there. Because, I mean, they, they have said that Rattati is, is kind of building his team, he's, you know, getting all of the people he needs and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, who knows, you might see some, some old names from Dust that were, you know, laid off come back because, you know, they, they want to be part of the project and, and actually be involved. Uh, now, Bate, I think you were, you were kind of saying something earlier. What, what was your thought? Uh, just a couple of things that, uh, that I, I noticed. Um, you were talking right there at the beginning about how excited everyone in, uh, in the convention hall seemed to be. Uh, for for Nova for an Eve shooter, I feel like that you know every Eve person I've interacted with, whether it be in game or um, or on Reddit, uh, seeing threads, they're they're always you know always asking, well, what about uh, uh, a shooter? Is that still a thing? Or they'll say something like, man, I really wanted to play Dust, but it was on the PS3. If it was on a if it was on PC, then yeah, I would have played. So I, I am really, really pleased to see that 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 want, I guess, that desire um, for a a new Eden shooter on PC is there and um, 
you know, I, I have heard several people say that, oh, you players don't want to see shooter, then, I mean, I think this is great proof that you're absolutely wrong. Uh, Eve players do want a PC shooter set in the universe that they already play in. Um, so that's that's my thoughts on that. Very excited for that. Um, as far as logic loops, and I, I was wondering this myself uh, when I heard that they were moving some of the team. It, in my mind, at least, it makes sense to move logic loop to Iceland rather than keep him all the way over in Shanghai. Well, it's uh, it's not about whether or not it makes sense it's whether or not someone wants to move a cur- you know several time zones over and with any, any family and life and everything i mean he's, that's he's a fanatic though he this, they always comment that he's like in work earlier than everyone and leaves work yeah everyone. like i think he's obsessed with with I mean, he, he loves his job i mean that's that's <laughs> kind of the dream right there love your job and i think that he'll probably do whatever it takes i mean if he unless he has family and for the record, I think that's probably why Frame is not going with. I mean, for one, he's he's now considered a uh, shit. I think he's actually considered a producer. Um, yeah, he, like he got he got a big promotion, and he did get married to someone in uh, Shanghai. Um, I don't know if he has any kids. I don't think so. But obviously, not wanting to uproot his family and fly back halfway across the world to Iceland, I get that. So that that's kind of understandable. But you know, I'm not sure what Logic Loop's uh, situation is, but if his fervor for working on the project is any indication, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll just do whatever it takes to keep working on it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I personally would rather have my Matt bro, you know, over with the Eve uh, the Eve team, um, especially since, I don't know if this is, is this in the show notes? Uh, is the Maelstrom on the show notes, Pokey? Yeah. We'll not, okay. Cool, so I, we can go ahead and, and get to this and uh if you don't mind especially sure. um you know with some of the map uh things that it sounds like Ritati wants to do um there's a, there's a forum post by a, a prominent cpm member uh who who said that he got to sit down and play uh on the surface like on the exterior surface of a of a Mimitar ballad of maelstrom um, so, you know, if you're going to build something like that, I would think that you would want your, watch your map dude, you know, with the people who, you know, actually make the ships in the game. Yeah. And I think, I think Zell kind of, kind of hit my thoughts on it as well. Is it easier to interact with Eve developers to kind of help develop, you know, the feel of Eve with your new game? If you're in the same office, sure. I, I'm not buying that. That's really the main reason. I think it was a oh, no. it was a cute way of saying we take your feedback about it not being even enough very seriously, and so we're going to tell you that's why we're moving. Um, and there probably is some truth to that, um, but probably not the main reason. I think the main reason is probably access to resources. You know, if if there's any crossover or or you know people who can work on on help with both sides of Eve versus you know, Dust or sorry uh, Nova. Um, it, it does, if you have the same office, it, they can certainly kind of share resources a lot better than that. Same with all the back-end stuff. I think that's kind of the main reason, but the the whole, it's where E was born is is kind of a cute way of saying, yes, we took your, your feedback seriously, and we're going to actually, you know, really hit that hardcore. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. I think that that's that's pretty that, that's pretty straightforward. So yeah, like I said, it was a, it was a minute presentation, real short. We'll have a link um, to kind of like the, that timestamp of the the uh, the keynote, so you can kind of see for yourself what he said. Uh, he just spoke real briefly on that. But uh, so 
in short, basically, Nova confirmed of still being worked on. You know, it's obviously uh, a very important part for Hilmar. I think that this also kind of ties in with what we were kind of contemplating last week of, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to produce a shooter right now because everything else is basically Eve or VR, right? And I'm I'm almost kind of wondering if it's like a, hey, Hilmar really wants to make this happen. The players are obviously interested in, in, in wanting it to happen. And they just happen to convince the board with CCP Rattati's success that, can we have funding to make this happen? They went, sure, make a tech demo and see how it goes. Obviously went really well. And, uh, you know, now they're, they're definitely moving forward. I mean, this is, it's still considered a project, so it could still hit an internal gate at any point and be shut down. But I think, honestly, it's just people, certain key figures in the company want this thing to happen, and they're doing everything they can to push it forward. Um, it's still not a sure thing, obviously not a, a confirmed product, but they're hiring, they're moving studios, they're bringing people in. It, it's it's moving forward, so there's definite progress on that. So that's definitely possible, even if it's not, you know, quite to the it's a sure thing yet. So that's what I would take away from that that opening keynote. Now, uh, as I said, there was some more information kind of trickling in um, on various places. There was a couple websites that did uh, interviews. There was uh, Rotati got on the Discord channel and spoke a little bit, uh, posted a few times in the forums. So we're kind of going to go over that now. So basically, Rotati was kind of talking about it, and he said that and bait touched on this before that they were trying to get the uh the gameplay the moment to moment gameplay the you know the actual shooting mechanic the really clunky part that we didn't like in dust they got that working really really well that's basically done um and then like Zell said what's left to be done is the meta the meat surrounding that that moment to moment gameplay the stuff that you know makes it a little more unique a little more eve like that's what they're moving to to Iceland to work on so he said that that's basically done it's looking good it feels good that's what they're moving on to next um CCV Rouge did comment that uh, Shanghai didn't like lose the project it wasn't like they were deemed incompetent or anything like that it was just that it made the most sense for at the current stage of development to move it to Iceland and continue production there uh, I think as he put it that Shanghai didn't lose the project but Reykjavik did receive a, a gift or a you know a, a prize basically that it's a it's a really good looking project and you know they, they've got a lot of a good foundation to work off of as they flesh it out. So that's good to hear. Um, Rouge has also been getting a lot of pressure from the press asking about uh, Project Nova. It seems like that's what they're most interested in, uh, which is kind of interesting. I, I think that probably Dust's history uh, does add some intrigue to the whole affair, uh, much like Final Fantasy XIV's you know, 1.0 was a total failure and they eventually shut it down and replaced it with an extremely successful version. Um, this kind of parallels that in a lot of ways. So the press is very interested in it. Um, obviously, interest from the players, as we saw at the keynote, press wants to see it. Um, obviously, <laughs> we want to see it. So uh, good to hear that that it's, it's definitely out there and, and you know, keeping the attention of, of, of various outlets. Um, as as uh, Zell said before, Frame is staying in Shanghai. Real shame, but he did promise to come by and give a shit every once in a while, so we, we probably won't see the last of him, but uh, he certainly won't be as uh, intrins intrinsically involved with the project as he was in the past with uh, Dust. So that, that is a shame, but you know he obviously got a promotion. He's a real smart dude. He'll, he'll do a good job uh, with his new position uh, in Shanghai. So, you know, best of luck to him on that. And uh, one little one little key detail that, that Rotati did drop on the forums, and, and we have, I think, probably mentioned it in the past. It's kind of an unconfirmed thing. But 
the current thought is, and this is for the fitting of the drop suits, that all drop suits will have a melee weapon slot. So for all of you crazy people out there that want your stupid Nova Katanas that I think are dumb, it might actually happen. So <laughs> that's that's something to I, consider um, and look forward to if you're a, a melee fanatic uh, for Dust. I don't like that. Also, speaking of you weird melee fanatics, uh, the prominent CPMM that we mentioned earlier got to play around, uh, as I said, with uh, some stuff uh, and confirmed the existence of was it Nova Knives, Plasma Cannon, and some other former Dust gun that we hadn't seen before in the previous uh, demo? Yeah, they said that the animation of the Nova Knives was much improved. Um, Nova Knives are in it, obviously, um, with the melee slot and all that. Pretty iconic uh, pretty iconic weapon. I know that one of the guys at FanFest brought his uh, replica Nova Knife that he made and was showing it off. If you look at CCP Frame's... Uh, Twitter feed. He uh, he was kind of playing around with it. It, it looks pretty badass. But uh, this I, this uh, fanfest or last one? Both. I think he brought it again this year. So frame what? was like, yeah. I, is I, this I the, is this the same prominent CPM member that? No, 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 no. This okay. this is just a, a guy who who made a replica of a Nova knife. He actually had a post up on the dust oh, forums, yeah, kind of showing how he yeah. made it. Yeah, I've never seen. Oh fuck! What was that guy's name? I. I am ashamed uh, that I did not write it down, but I will find out um, <laughs> before the end of the show. Search here. Your forms now. Uh, if you, it's on Frame's Twitter, if you want to grab it for oh, real quick, uh, he's he's got a pic of it, and he links to that guy, the, the creator's Twitter account. Um, but yeah, so plasma cannons confirmed for Nova. Um, they are in the game, which is a little interesting since they started as a anti-vehicle weapon. Um, that would double as an infantry weapon if you were insane like me. Uh, but it looks like they're in there still. I mean, why not? They've got the assets and people like them. So real glad to, to hear that those are still in there. Um, any thoughts on, on that segment, Sal? I feel like I'm very specifically being called out, and I, I, I don't have you don't You don't? Specific. That's fine. Well, I just know that Bates doing Twitter research for me right now. Uh, I just found it. That was easy. It's like the top fucking tweet. Yeah, um, he they don't talk much, so it's not hard to find. No, he changed his profile picture to do. That disturbs me. Uh, original uh, credit goes to uh, Sancta Basilica. That's uh, oh, okay. at yeah. S Basilica on Twitter. There you go. Yeah, no, that that that's a it's a real cool prop that he made. It's got like a. Yeah like a plexiglass edge on it so the thing lights up and the edge glows blue like it's it's really badass like Ooh, it's really frame, good frame no longer has a baseball cap in his no, profile picture you. no i told you jeez yeah it's, it's weird. weird you can't it's you weird. can't frame has to i mean his banner still has a baseball cap he's still he has yeah. like the 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 gunjack logo thing and then in front is like the guy and the who controls the the turret and he's got a baseball cap on so that yeah cool. And it's his Eve avatar, too. It's not his Dust avatar. This is weird. I, I feel like that the... I hope that in some boardroom or some back hall that they decide to model the gun, the Gunjack character after Frame in his hat, because it's the same damn thing. Um, <laughs> is that NDA? Can we ask that and like get it up? I, I don't know, but like he's kind of got that military style cap, and, and so does the. Well, I, I, I ask because in Gunjack One, um, I haven't played Gunjack Two, but in Gunjack One, the character is actually headless for one and wearing a Mimitar scout suit. But there's no there's no uh, hat that I can see, um, obviously. But the the character in the promotional material is wearing a different outfit, from what I can tell, and has the CCP frame hat on. So I I, I 
deep down really hope that he is actually indeed the, the guy in the front cover since he did work on the project a little bit. Hey, is it like an actual Minotaur scout suit? I remember. Yeah, no, it's they straight rip the uh, the model out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not even like they modified it. It is a Mimitar Scout suit. <laughs> like like I said, they, they they made that game with like five dudes, I think, and they probably just reused asses they had laying around the studio. They're like, uh, we need a, a lightweight suit that looks spacey and might be an ore ship. Like, eh, just, just the Mimitar suit. It, it's close enough. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you, you guys could have at least changed a little bit no no this is ccp shanghai they rip assets from from every other ccp game oh, does have those man. ripped eve assets gunjack has the ripped dust assets dude come on no well, I, I guess, ripped assets. I, I guess it's fair because eve did have uh dust icons on a test server for a while for the uh, uh what was it when they they added the command module like burst charges or whatever they were using oh, am i here yeah you're here now okay, okay. I was saying that uh, that Eve did uh, use dust icons for when they had the test server and they were showing the uh, command module burst charges. They were like uh, drop up links and stuff like that. I think one was a, uh, a flux grenade that they were using on the Eve test server. So you know, I was like, well, I, I guess we live on in some twist capacity in Eve. So that was pretty funny. Uh, so another thing that they kind of talked about, there was an interview, uh, by Screen Rant, uh, and, and they did cover a lot of the stuff that we kind of already touched on, so I won't double up on that, but there was a few tidbits that I didn't find anywhere else, and they were kind of interviewing some people who worked on the project. Uh, one major one, and this is actually kind of a big deal, um, kind of, kind of not, they said that they've never really confirmed that the game is going to be free to play for sure. It might not be free to play. Um, it's still very much up in the air. They haven't confirmed anything either way. But I was kind of under the that impression before that doesn't it, surprise me though. Yeah, well, that's like the, the last decision you make when you're making a game like this: is you make the game and then you decide how you want to market it. I, I get the feeling, and and this is a, an interesting topic and one that might be worth diving into at a later time. But because I, I don't feel like a PC FPS game would survive with a, with a subscription based model. However, the way that Alpha clones have worked so well for Eve. I'm almost wondering if they're looking at that and going, hmm, what if we change that a little bit and applied it to Nova? Like, um, like you have like an Alpha clone with similar restrictions that's free, and then you like maybe buy into the game one time, and that gets you the Omega for life or whatever, or maybe even like an annual thing, just uh, you know, twenty bucks, yeah, I mean, forty bucks, whatever. And then they've got the monetization of like cosmetics and shit on top of that to kind of keep the, the the flow trickling in but it gives you that you know it's free to play kind of but it's really more like a non-time limited demo and then if you really want to get serious about it you give us 40 bucks or whatever and then you're good to go for for everything that's that's what eve is now um it just has a sub instead of a one-time fee i could see it just being a straight buy once plus microtransactions um i i mean I, I would totally see that these days. I think that's kind of the way companies are going. I think the free-to-play thing, um, for some games, they've started to say, you know what, it is going to have a cost, and then we're also going to do microtransactions. I could see that as well. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Even in games you buy, like Overwatch, there's cosmetics that are going to sell you. That's just... And that's fine. I, I cosmetics the ones I, I never really throw a fit about because they don't affect the gameplay at all. And I, I like them, honestly, if they're done well. So... You can put those in pretty much any game and I'll be okay with it as long as, you know, it's not obnoxious. I think it, it does have to be free on some level just because it's a PC game and there are a 
ton of shooters out there that it, it has to compete with. Even if they're shitty-ass shooters, they're going to see free shooter, and then they're going to see you have to pay to get this one. People are going to already gravitate towards the free one. That's just the nature of things. So I think you have to have some some level of, of free trial mode, whatever. And then if they want to do like a, a one-time fee, I, I don't think a sub would work well unless it was a, hey, we sell experience boosters but if you pay a monthly fee you get all of that for a cheaper amount then sure i could buy it that way but like a whole i'm paying a sub just to play the game it's it's not going to go well i don't think it's it's uncommon for an fps game i don't think the market would really support it well what do you guys think i don't think subscription subscription's a hard market it's you know as as we've talked about before people are only going to get one or two subscription games at most because of that monthly you know bleed um Subscription games are really hard to sell, I think. Yeah, and it's it's definitely we're moving away from that model on a lot of fronts. You only have a few MMOs out there that are still, you know, truly you pay month to month and that's it. You know, like World of Warcraft, um, Final Fantasy, that sort of thing. Um, but you know, you got stuff like you know, uh, Black Desert's a good example. It's a you know, buy it once and you've got it for for good. You know, that's that I think that's kind of the and then point. they just they just make Black Desert nearly impossible to play unless you microtransit to well. To hack. And I, I never said it was done well. <laughs> just saying that that's kind of a direction you see it going. Um, so you know, that's that's something to consider. So interesting on that. I, I I'd like to get people's thoughts on you know what kind of you know fee purchase sort of thing would you be comfortable with with project nova um i'm i'm looking forward to see kind of how they how they roll this out because i think that if modified the eve model would actually work kind of well um with changing some of the restrictions and how it's paid and that sort of thing but i think that's that's a good way to look at it obviously it was received quite well uh for eve the player counts are at an absurdly absurd level right now like tons of people playing eve it's working really well for them so that's always good to see i, I kind of hope they can at least take some lessons from that uh, another thing that they kind of talked about and this is kind of important to me in, in in many levels and we've discussed it back in the past uh they were talking about hey is it gonna be just pvp like dust was and they really kind of danced around the issue and basically said well it doesn't have to be just pvp but you know we want to make sure we stick to the most important parts of you know what makes eve really important at launch so obviously that's mostly the pvp so i get the feeling that since they were very non-committal and kind of dancing around it we might even have you know the option of a, a pve game mode or you know, single player or something like that i think pve is probably most likely pvp is probably going to be their primary focus at least initially uh, but it would not surprise me if they have plans for a, a PVE game mode in the works. I think that that's probably pretty reasonable, and I, I've obviously spoken ad nauseum about it in the past and why I think that's a great thing, so I won't do it again, but uh, that's kind of good to hear. Uh, they also asked uh, player counts at the last the demo last year in 2016. You only had 66. Um, is the game going to support 16 versus 16 uh, like Dust was? And he basically said it already does. Um, they're they're kind of figuring out what player counts are optimal and kind of decide on it depends on the game mode. And I think this kind of goes in line with what uh, like Lether and I were talking about back in our uh, map design uh, episode several months ago, that you kind of have to tweak based off of what you're doing and how big the map is and that sort of thing, how many players are on there to kind of get that sweet spot of like, you know, player density without having to get the, the intensity of the combat too high. So, you know, who knows where it's going to land, um, but they have confirmed that at the very least the game runs at 16 versus 16, so it's going to be 
at least at dust levels. Um, it might go up or down a little bit depending on the game mode, but that's kind of good to hear. Yeah, and it's interesting to me because really in, in modern days, I think they've a lot of games have leaned towards smaller player counts, not larger. There's a lot of 6v6 type games these days. Um, you know, Titanfall was a, a probably the big example where everyone's like, seriously, 6v6 is the best you can do? And it's really more that it's been that people have ended up on those smaller player counts because they feel the gameplay is better uh, at that number. And I, I kind of see that it does like if you're if you're like one of, you know, 256 players, what you individually do probably doesn't matter too much in the grand scheme of things on whether or not you're you're going to win or lose. Um, and that can feel less fulfilling than, you know, sometimes when I like to go back to. To leave the genre briefly and talk about Here's the Storm, uh, you know, sometimes I make one play that I'm like, that just won us the game, you know, and that's something that you don't, you you aren't often going to feel on a 16v6 or large, 16v16 or larger game. Well, and we've kind of talked a little bit about this. I know we talked about it pretty extensively in the Discord chat and whatnot, but the idea of maybe keep the player counts smaller and you have multiple battles that are separate from one another, but influencing each other in some way. So you can kind of have a more diverse set of settings, but they're all kind of connected, albeit not directly. Like you're not going to be actually shooting someone in the other uh, the other game with your gun, but you might be, you know, firing an artillery shell at them or something and just kind of, you know, this more extended universe of multiple battles happening at the same time that are linked together. But you do have the smaller player counts in each battle itself. And I think that's kind of cool because it gives you that that wider range of, you know, it's an expanded universe, things are going on over a wide expanse of space, but it makes your personal contribution to the fight more important because you're not like one out of 50 guys, you're like one out of 16 guys. So what you do matters more um, in your own personal battle, but you still have that sense of, the, the, the kind of sense that the Eve Link gave you where it's like, you know, I'm affecting something else somewhere else in this universe and that's cool. Um, so I, I, I actually would kind of argue that smaller player counts can be good if the game modes make sense for them. Um, and even more so if you can kind of have some of that interplay between different battles to kind of make it a little more interesting. So I'm not really too worried about the player counts. I think that if they can, you know, that 16 v 16 is, is, is a pretty decent number. Um, I wouldn't go much higher than like 32 versus 32. I think that after that, it kind of goes to shit because it's just way too chaotic. But Anything in that range is, I think, is a pretty solid mark to, to go for. So that's that's kind of the stuff that was coming out of the uh, Screen Rant interview. Now, um, as we mentioned before, there was someone we talked to that went to FanFest and was able to sit down with a uh, current build of the game. Now, there was no public demo, but this person was able to kind of sit down and, and give it a shot and, and, and kind of report his thoughts on it. So um, first of all, the... Uh, Visual of the gameplay was was pretty rough um, on the map at the very least. The the weapons and stuff um, those were all kind of imported from from Dust and they were the high res version and they had you know kind of the same sheen and quality to them that the demo from last year had. So those looked pretty damn good. Uh, but obviously the map was kind of a, a testing placeholder map that was you know a little unfinished. The textures were low resolution. There were some visual effects that had placeholders in them. Uh, typical developer stuff. I mean this is obviously not a finished build by any means and they're kind of in the middle of the transition so it's more of a you know here's the newest map we have that we're working on it's kind of you know half done but you know give it a shot um the uh frame rate was a very consistent 60 frames per second he said it moved very smoothly uh i, I want to remind people that 
if you're watching the video of the gameplay from last year on YouTube, keep in mind that YouTube caps the frame rate at 30 frames a second, so it looks better in person than it does on YouTube. Just keep that in mind. Um, but it did say that the frame rate did look very good and felt very smooth. Uh, the gameplay was extremely tight, very well done. They said it felt like basically a really well-polished version of Dust, which is fantastic to hear. It kind of had that same Dust feel, but actually, you know, felt like a modern FPS and not something from, you know, the early 2000s. So uh, good to hear on that. Um, we did touch on the Plasma Cannon and the Nova Knives, both being in there with better animations. Uh, as for the map, this one is is really cool. I was pretty excited, excited about this. Um, Rotati was talking about it on the forums and said that the test that he was doing was on the surface of a Mimitar Maelstrom. And if you're not familiar with EVE, a Maelstrom is a Mimitar battleship, which is one of the bigger ships. It's it's kind of the biggest one you can get before you get into, like, capital-sized ships. And it's so it's on the outside of the ship, and they're kind of working their way up, I think he said, the front of the ship and kind of dodging and weaving through all of the, the stuff that's on there and, and showing that off, which I think is actually the coolest way to kind of link this in with eve right on a thematic level because you can say hey you're inside a ship well okay i mean it may look kaldar or mimitar inside the ship but you don't it still kind of feels like a generic sci-fi hallway but if you're like playing eve like eve online right and you're flying your maelstrom around you switch over to nova and now you're fighting on top of a maelstrom and you can actually look up into the into space and see the fins and everything like that's badass. Like that's really cool. Like I'm, I'm really glad to see they're they're taking it to. We'll do exotic locations to really show off kind of the grandeur that Eve has to offer. I think that's that's really cool. I mean, I know we kind of talked a bit about it, Nate. What were your thoughts on on the exterior ship battles? It sounds like a cool idea, and I'm sure it looks really, really fucking badass. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Oh yeah. You, it, what what like, are your reservations? I don't know. It's cool that they're like you know trying to trying to do different things with the map. It, it really is. It's something I appreciate. I can't tell you how many times I got bored with playing on the same like five maps. Uh, even if there were no, 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 no. They, oh, they, the there were thousands, thousands of, of unique quintillion maps. So okay. many sockets. So many they, had sockets. they had different sockets. They had the different um uh the moods. Remember snow. the moods? There and... was snow. <laughs> yeah, snow. <laughs> we had moods. The 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 maps had moods. You know, sometimes Which was it... the worst thing ever. I remember there were there was one that was like super foggy and you could barely see. Could that was see fuck all on that mood, but yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, five maps. Um, that got really boring. So, you know, to, you know, have like, oh my God, I'm on the, the, and I just want to reiterate, this is the exterior of a ship. You are in space. That's cool. But some part of me, for whatever reason, is like, eh. because then it's like, you know, so you're flying around me, right? And you're, you're shooting your, uh, your lasers or your missiles at this maelstrom. What happens when you hit it in the front of the damn ship? Is your match over? It's shield. Or, or... <laughs> oh, that's right. It's Mimitar. All right. Never mind. Uh, well, actually, that, that does raise an interesting thought that I have. That in, again, I don't expect any sort of one-to-one Evelink uh, combat. I, I don't think oh, that's going to ever God, happen. No. However, it would be kind of cool if you had, like, instead of calling it an orbital, you actually have an allied ship shoot a section of, like, a specific section of the maelstrom you're on to actually effectively drop an orbital on that part of the ship to, to you know, do whatever. Drones. Just use drones for it. You don't even have to have an orbital. 
for another ship. Just right. fucking drones. I mean, there's there's stuff you can do. I mean, in this also kind of goes to kind of progressive gameplay. Like, so let's say you you land on the front of the ship and you have to like work your way up the front of it to get to like a hatch to blow your blow into, so you can breach the inside of the ship. And then the second half of the battle is inside the ship. Like, that's that's cool. Like, that's the kind of stuff that people want to see. Like the prophecy trailer that came out a couple of years ago, where they they land on the gate and they kind of burn a hole in the gate and they come pouring through the hole. Like, people want that. Like, that's cool like that's that cool factor I mean, that's kind of the factor they want i feel like i've been seeing it already though and this is this is one of those things where i i i worry that they may have been a little too late on the punch there um is uh you know i uh mass effect has has some great scenes during the trilogy on the outsides of ships you know where you're you're kind of you know working your way to the point where you can get in the ship um and uh actually uh Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty, surprisingly, did a really good job with this. They had, you know, where you came in actually on on fighters and you you kind of um, grappled your way uh, over onto the deck of a ship and were fighting on the deck of the ship till you get up to where the bridge is and then you place uh, you place an explosive on the window of the bridge and you blow out the bridge and everyone gets sucked out into space. Um, and then you board the ship. It was really cool. Um, so that's kind of my my concern is I. I feel like it, it's almost it might not be new at this point is i've had you know i've played multiple games where i've had that experience at this point yeah but for one the target audience is eve players and dust players that's what they want and two as i've said before you don't have to do something new you just have to do something really really well and maybe do it better than the previous guy did like you don't have to be new and extravagant and over the top to make it enjoyable it just has to be cool when you're doing it and I, I think that you know, that's that's doable. I mean, the whole breaching ships and shit, people have wanted that for a long time. They don't care if they did it in Mass Effect. They wanted to do it in Dust, and they'll they'll certainly jump on it if they do it in Nova, you know. I, I think it'll be fine. I mean, obviously, the whole breaching thing and the drone orbital thing is, is just us shit-talking. That's not confirmed, just to clarify. Um, and, of course, this map is just kind of a test map. It's not confirmed by any means. It's just something they had working in there, the working demo. But, you know, I, I think this this is opportunity. This this is a, something that they can work with that makes it interesting. It changes the gameplay up. It gives gameplay options. Um, you know, I, not to mention, you know, environmental effects. They can do some cool, um, you know, audio effects, kind of like we talked about with the Star Citizen um uh, Space Marine thing where uh, you you'd go out of the airlock or out of the shield and suddenly the the way the thing sounded would change because you know there's no sound in space you'd only hear the things that would hit your suit or were being fired from your own gun that kind of stuff is is really cool and I think that people would appreciate kind of that level of detail and it gives an option to make gameplay more dynamic and stuff so you know I I really do kind of hope they keep going with this thread of you know I'm not just going to stick you inside an Eve ship and call it an Eve ship and you know, you kind of have to suspend your disbelief and believe that it's an Eve ship. We're going to stick you on the outside of this thing, and you can actually look up and see the ship that you possibly own, you know, in, in EVE Online, and, and look at the model. Like, that's that's kind of how you really truly link these things thematically, and I, I do hope that they really dive into that. Like, I want to see more of that from this initiative to make the game more EVE-like by doing stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really hyped for that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, they did also say that there was a uh, that this whole ship was to scale, right? And so to put that in perspective, a maelstrom along its long axis is 1,484 meters long, so that's like a dust map plus some. Um, so don't think that 
you're like fighting on top of like a 747. Like these suckers are, are big. Uh, and that there's like, you know, a hundred or a 1400 millimeter cannons on a Maelstrom and that you were like next to one and it's, you know, going off. Like that's, that gives a sense of scale, which I think is also something that's kind of lost with Eve is that you're so used to everything just being in kilometers. But when you kind of get shrunk down to the size of a person, you're like, holy shit, these things are, these things are big. Like this is huge. And I think it kind of adds to that grandeur that, that Eve offers. Um, not to mention the idea of like, you know, you're on the ship and there's a space battle going on above your head. Like that, again, you, you, one of the big defining factors you, you hear about Eve from like news outlets and stuff is they're always talking about, there was a, you know, 1200 man space battle in this game. Like there's 1200 players all at once, you know, fighting. That's kind of, it's, it's claim to fame. Right. And so if you could like replicate that, even if it's just, you know, like a scripted pre-recorded battle, it kind of gives you that sense of like, holy shit, like I'm part of one of these, these battles it's not like an actual battle right but it, it gives that sense of you're connected to the universe in not only a lore sense but also kind of like a gameplay sense that you're you're involved with these things you always hear about in the news feeds and stuff but yeah i mean that's that's kind of i think pretty much everything and in you know we probably will see some more stuff trickle out i, I do imagine it'll probably go pretty quiet you know kind of like it did last year there was a bit of an outpour initially and then it got pretty quiet so i I expect it might be kind of like that again but you know we will of course keep everyone updated on any news that's coming out any new stuff that uh we happen to come across and anything we might have missed in this episode and we'll come back to you in the following weeks and and let you know what's going on so was there anything else you guys wanted to add um on your thoughts on all of this or or comments did you talk about the cannons on the ship. I did talk about the, okay. the 1400 millimeter cannons, which was just gonna keep, keep, keep this in mind. That's a like like a what a 1.4 meter wide shell. <laughs> like think about that for a second. It's shooting bullets that are taller than you, um, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty badass. So, you know, I it, it I I'd love to see you know what they're coming up with on on some of these these things because like I said, the scale is is interesting and and very cool. One, it's cool that they're using different classes of ships too. So, like you know, the I think the FanFest sixteen demo was on the Chimera, which is a it's a capital ship, right? So gigantic. Um, you know, obviously not that the battleship isn't gigantic, but it's even more so. So I think that you know, uh, them being able to go uh, to smaller ships uh, for either different types of game modes or just for the sake of, of being different of, of playing on a you know a smaller map or a, or what have you um, is is really shows to the talent I guess of, of the team over there at uh, at Shanghai, which is great. Well, and you actually raise a good point because I mean this this particular map is a battleship, which is, as I said was is pretty large. But uh, you know you could have smaller ships. You could have it take place on a Rifter, which is about the size of a jumbo jet. You know. Um, and oh, you could God. you could scale the the game mode to be like that. It could be like a three v three. You know, you're you're shooting it out in very close quarters, trying to make your way you know through a tight corridor to to get to the, you know, the bridge of the ship or whatever. I mean that that's probably a bit on the small side. I expect a little bit bigger ships than that. But you could scale the game mode to match the size of ships so it makes sense. You know. Um, not to mention, there's of course structures. Lots of new structures popping up in Eve. You got the citadels. Uh, the new industrial complexes are out. These are, you know, big crazy things that you could 
you know, in theory, you know, uh, play infantry fights in um, multiple infantry fights if you wanted to have linked battles, like I talked about before. So lots of options out there, um, tons of stuff for them to explore, especially with you know all the new stuff that's coming out. So it, it should be cool to see you know how they make the gameplay fit um, the setting because they've got a lot to work with. All right, so I think that's what we've got for Nova today, and, and we're, we're getting pretty good on time here. So I'm going to hand it over to Bate. He's going to do a game review for one of the free games he played on Xbox One this uh, this week. So, Bate, want to take it away? Yeah, righto. So uh, I looked at Rise, Son of Rome, uh, which is a launch title for the Xbox what, four years ago at this point. Um, and that game still holds up really, really well. Uh, it looks super pretty, and you know, uh, both you know, in uh, in game when you're when you're cutting people's arms off and out of uh, in uh, cutscenes and cutscenes, um, very pretty game. Story wasn't bad. Um, I, I I did play. You know, normally when I when I review these games, I just play like I don't know, maybe an hour, two hours of them. I played the entire story for this game. Uh, I enjoyed it that much. So it's probably six and a half seven hours um so really enjoyable the um if you can't tell by the name or if you you haven't seen anything uh about it you are your roman soldier uh right um during the reign of emperor nero so historically i forget what that is the 600 ish a.d um and you're going through and you're you're fucking fighting barbarians and uh, other romans toward the end of the game and it's the combat's great flows really well uh incorporates you know use of the sword and shield really well uh, with bashing and whatnot mechanics are great all around um dialogue is you know stories whatever uh it's not bad it's not great i guess uh, kind of predictable um, but overall, it's oh, fantastic. I think my only complaint about the game, it, all the enemies, you know, seem to, you know, be the same, just with different skins on them, if you will. And the executions, um, we, which is a big part of the, of the game, were very like, okay, I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again. I think I cut off, I don't know, I can't tell you how many times I cut off people's arms. And I'm like, oh my god, I want to stop cutting off arms. Do something else, but yeah, it's free if you have an Xbox, so definitely pick it up and play it. All right, sounds pretty good, man. And uh, I will continue the series and pick this up uh, next week with uh, one of the PS4 exclusives for the PS Plus, the previews, and uh, give you a review on that one. So, um, one more thing I wanted to kind of mention uh, something that I've kind of been working on, and I think I'm finally ready to start kind of actually working on it is. Um, uh, I would start doing some gameplay uh, recordings and just edited recordings. I'm not going to stream them. I'm going to kind of try to class them up a little bit. And uh, just me and Livia are probably going to sit down and play some games and then release them in kind of half-hour chunks every week. Uh, and I'm looking to start recording tomorrow, actually. And it might be a week or two before I start getting the first episodes out. But we are going to start with uh, Resident Evil 7, and it's going to be kind of a blind playthrough. Me just going through and Livia making fun of me screaming because the game is apparently 
pretty pretty scary. So um, it'll probably be entertaining for for some people out there. Uh, and like I said, once we'll get episodes rolling on that, and we'll kind of release you know segments one after the other. And I've got a few games lined up that I want to uh, to do mostly because I want to play them, and I think that they'll they'll be good for recording. So uh, we'll get through those. But if you have any games you want us to play or do recordings of, if you like the format, once we start doing it, uh, feel free to let us know. We're more than willing to take suggestions and see if it if it works what we're trying to do, and it should be pretty good stuff so that being said we're going to go into some shout outs here uh you guys are ready starting at the top of the list with sarizo yeah um i just want to give my shout out to um a certain prominent xcpm members uh cosplay this weekend um or this past week i was actually uh he, he is like a there's like this monocle thing going um and uh, kind of it was a little bit more explanation, I guess, on why he he has you know need of this monocle as he has this whole like face scarring makeup going. It's just really cool, uh, r- really good work. I don't really remember his name though. So, all right, bait, you're up. Yeah, so my shout out uh, it goes to to CCP Ritati, specifically uh, in regards to him moving back to Iceland. I assume, in, in my mind, because this makes for a great. Uh, you know, one of those great times where you sit and think about something, you think of different scenarios. Uh, in my mind, I'm having a fun time picturing CC Giratani flying from Shanghai to Iceland with a copy of Project Nova on like a USB drive just in his pocket uh, like as, as it the, goes halfway the, across the, the world. Priceless transfer of I- exactly, exactly. The, the, the master copy. Yep, that's exactly it. So oh, I hate, that's fun. I, I hate to break this to you, but it's all, it's probably all on like a private version of GitHub. Hey, you know what? I can dream. Let me no, dream see, see, see what happens is he actually died in uh, Shanghai, and then he rose out of a <laughs> volcano reborn um, in Iceland seven days later. So hashtag rise again, hashtag Project Phoenix. Um, but so, yeah, um, that's pretty good stuff. And uh, uh, my shout out, whew, good one. Um, you know, it goes to a lot of guys out there um, working on this thing. I, of course, have expressed my frustration and still continue to express it with, you know, the lack of details and wanting to know more. But, you know, this stuff takes time. I wish they were a little more open about it. But, you know, I get it in some sense. It's just not being handled the way I personally wish it was. But even so, they are, from what I can tell, doing good work. So kind of a shout out to... You know, CCP Rouge, CCP Ritati, uh, Frame, everyone who's worked on getting this project to this point. Uh, Hilmar, of course, I, I think that he has his own issues sometimes, but uh, I think he really is pushing for this thing, wants it to happen, um, which I, I, I... This this may be the only non-VR thing that Hilmar gets excited about. Oh my God. I, I, I feel like he wanted to do it like 10 years ago, and he just can't let it go because he's stuck on it like the rest of us are, so he's like, God, we gotta make it happen somehow. Just make it somehow it's gotta happen. It's not VR, but uh, I'll break my rule and, and, and push for it. So, you know, I, I, I'm sure that he is involved um, in a, a pretty pretty important way of making it happen, if only from his own desire to make it happen. So that's... I it, it, I I have to, to give him a shout-out for that one. So, you know, again, shout-out to everyone involved. I, I, it's good to hear more information. Um, I, I do hope they can continue, uh, at least in some capacity over time. I I really not want to have to wait until, you know, FanFest 2018 to get more information. I would really love to have a, a demo, or at least an alpha, rather, uh, 
sometime in December or before, if possible, um, that'd be really badass. Cause I think we're all pretty eager to, to get in there and start working on the stuff again. Cause you know, this is what sickness looks like, but, uh, yeah. So shout out to you guys. That being said, uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, you know, hopefully you enjoyed getting the, the feedback on, on Nova and all that. If there's anything we missed, please let us know. We'll be sure to, to jump on it next week and let everyone know and apologize profusely for our, our boundless unprofessionalism. But that being said, uh, uh, everyone have a great night and be safe out there.